Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Please step forward and be held accountable. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Si, senor. Dimly lit room where? Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, on a Friday, headed into the weekend, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. That candy apple-headed, pencil-necked little weasel, Adam Schiff. And why is he our general manager today? Well, he and his committee finally, after uh, many, many months of saying they would, have released the Russia investigation transcripts and documents. I have them in front of me. I will be reading them to you in their entirety. Should only take five to six weeks. Isn't it like 3,000 pages or something? Oh, my gosh. It's, uh, yeah, at least. I don't know. It's uh, it's long. Yeah. Let, let's begin with the interview transcript of Anatoly Samachornov. <clears throat> and I quote, Good morning. Good morning. Then it goes on for 300 more pages. Uh, yeah, there's some good stuff in there. For instance, James Clapper, who uh, went on to make quite a living as the uh, former, uh, you know, one of the top spies in the country, going on your cable news channels and talking about how, you know, Trump was in bed with the Russians and all the wacky things that are going to happen. That's not what he told the people behind closed doors when he was under oath when he saw there's no direct empirical evidence of a Trump-Russia collusion but allowed it to continue out there in the world for a year and a half after that. Of course. Uh, It's there's one lesson, one lesson that we can learn. It's these big, vaunted officials are more than willing to lie. Doesn't seem like it's good that that's true. It's always good to know the truth. The truth is always good. But uh, I grew up believing the FBI was something you could trust. I'll never think that ever again. Oh, not even close. You gotta should be, be careful. You should be scared to death of the FBI. Oh, I know, that's generalization. A few bad apples, etc. It's more than a few, and a lot of people above them who protect them. So, uh, holy crap. Well, and, then, and if it's a few and they're in the director's office, that's an issue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, oh, well, I'll bet there are plenty of people. We know this for a fact. There are plenty of people in the FBI that grew up thinking the FBI was what we thought it was that right. have been disappointed. Yeah, I would say they're probably the most bitterly disappointed of all. But to find out some of these people at various levels were just saying a completely different thing behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. Clapper is utterly dishonest. He, uh, he uh, yes, do not wor- uh, do not believe a word that comes out of his mouth unless you've personally verified it. Anyway, we'll get into that more uh, a little bit later. I don't know if this is going to uh, leave a mark of any kind or if anybody will actually get in trouble or fired or sued or anything and... You know, everybody's gone into their normal partisan camps, which is frustrating to me. Of course, the narrative all day long was that the Justice Department is completely out of control. They're now just Trump's puppet. Okay, well, that's, you know, that's a perfectly good argument, except if you look at the stuff that leaked out. When you look at the actual quotes from the paper, unless you're going to say those quotes aren't true. But I haven't heard anybody say that. I haven't heard James Clapper come forward and say, I never said that. That's not true. Uh, I haven't heard anybody denying the quotes that are out there. If you look at the quotes that are out there from these various people, 
Then, well, okay, then there's a real problem with this whole Flynn case uh, and the whole yeah. Russian investigation in general. Anyway, we got more on that later. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the dang show. We're very excited to get into Joe Biden's, what did he call it? What was the name of Virtual Town Hall? Virtual Town Hall, exactly. We're gonna play. He was going to take his campaign to the people via the interwebs. We're going to play a little more of that uh, later. I think you'll Went find that. Went beautifully, in- by the way. Went just perfect. I think you'll find that entertaining. There's uh, <laughs> our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Good. I continued my... Um Love of nature yesterday helped uh, my mom plant a complete garden with zucchini and tomatoes and zucchini. watermelon. and. There you go. Yeah, it was just a very nice, you know, out in the country and nobody out there. It was just very peaceful. Gardens are good. It's how I'm getting away. You know, I'm just turning off the TVs and then uh, going out into nature. Cultivating the earth. Yep. I love that. Zucchinis are funny. They're like... Uh... Like, uh, what, like um, observational humor? Or? Uh, no, no, they're, they're strange, <laughs> funny, strange. Oh. In that, if you if you have not planted zucchinis, you have zero zucchinis, and if you do plant one, you have a million of them. <laughs> I'll always remember we had we ended up with this real giant zucchini for some reason. Like, oh some, yeah, you know, those things go wrong in your garden. Sometimes you get one stray like tomato that's big as your head, and we had one giant zucchini. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That was so exciting as a kid. Oh yeah. We had a carrot like that that was just, it was big and round as a carrot, and it was just, oh my God, everybody, we couldn't stop talking about it. But the, the kids, simpler, simpler times. The kids had a, grabbed a zucchini when they were probably three and five, and uh, a great big zucchini that they put a diaper on and called baby zucchini and carried around the house for a long time. It was so giant, the diaper fit on it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> baby zucchini, we still talk about that. Obviously, an Italian American. <laughs> <laughs> There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, it is. Uh, I do believe it is Mother's Day coming up this Sunday. So, just in case, uh, with all the sheltering in place, you have not been looking at calendars. One day bleeding into the next. Every day yes. is the same day. It's all Groundhog yes. Day. Yes. Don't forget to call your moms this mm. uh, this weekend and, and say, "Hey, mom, thanks for the whole uh, giving birth thing. That was awesome." This weekend, this Sunday, I believe that is, is accurate. Mother's Day. That snuck up on me. Then mom replies, giving birth was a picnic compared to raising you, <laughs> you monster. <laughs> ah, thanks, Ma. Glad thanks, I called I again. Love you. Yeah, anyway, have a good day. <laughs> um, uh, so- I wish I'd had a zucchini instead. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm off the hook because I was told that the pug was a combination birthday, Mother's Day present. Was a trap. Yeah, she a justified trap. it. So it, it does sound like a trap, that's doesn't a trap. it? It's does, a trap. It does sound like a trap. But if I go uh-huh. ahead and honor that idea, then you'll it won't, get trapped. Exactly. Yeah. It won't play on. Okay. You'll be like Michael Flynn, be prosecuted unjustifiedly. <laughs> Um, we got a lot more of that coming up. Anyway, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Friday, May 8th, the year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approved this program. Let's begin then officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go. The Friday show. Very exciting. At Mark. Please welcome Vice President Biden. I did not add this extended break. This is real time right here. This is just dead air. Introduce me. Good evening, Tampa. Thanks so much for tuning in. I wish we could have done this together and it gone a little more smoothly, but uh, but I'm grateful we're able to connect virtually. Wow. <laughs> Rocky. 
So I, so I saw the video of it, and he's standing in the back of the room with sunglasses on. Was there supposed to be some sort of dramatic walk-up, and then he takes off his sunglasses or something? That's what I assume. He did the... And then it didn't work because he wasn't sure if they were on or not. Did they introduce me? Am I on? And yeah. then he kind of did the David Caruso CSI Miami thing where he yeah. takes off the glasses then? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be kind of cool, and uh, it didn't work out technologically speaking. You're inside, dude. Why are your glasses still <laughs> Well, is Uncle Joe a drinker? The only reason I wear sunglasses inside is if I'm hungover. <laughs> well, the, the whole Aviator Shades is kind of his brand. Yeah, it's but, not, a, um, not a great brand. I, I, again, I ask the question, Democrats, you're the party of Hollywood. You, you call one of those furloughed producers that make a million dollars a year on Pixar movies or whatever and ha- put them in charge of your audiovisual. Uh, now you introduced me. Because even when they got it yeah. going, the sound was just terrible. He routinely got overwhelmed by various wildlife. I apologize <laughs> we have for clips, that. We have clips of that. There are ducks and whatnot that are, are covering him up. But Why does the duck have a mic? <laughs> Joe Biden eclipsed by a duck. Why was the duck mic'd better than the vice yeah. president? That's, That's a good question. Excellent question. <laughs> Not a joke. Well, and why were its policies more coherent? <laughs> oh, jeez. Come on. Um, uh, but that reminds me, there's a Tara Reid did an interview with Megyn Kelly, and there's some interesting stuff there. And I'll tell you what, she doesn't sound like a crackpot on that interview, at least the clips I've heard. Um, so we'll play that for you. That's exciting Friday stuff. How's mailbag look? Oh, it's terrific. It's really good. We'll we'll have to squeeze it in because we have clips of the week coming up in seconds. Yep, that's next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Maybe we can discuss later, when do you cross the line into a germaphobe? When do you go from being prudent to a germaphobe? Or is that even possible with a killer bug on the loose? Yeah, I'd say it's a completely different scale okay. right now. And I'm yeah. wiping down things in a way that I've never done in my life. Just like crazy. But, yeah. You know, I suppose you could justify it. I mean, if you're a member of the French Resistance, I'd say the standard for are you paranoid, for instance, is different. If you view everybody suspiciously, etc. I get word that the Asian gypsy moth is now infesting Washington State. Can the, uh, what is it, what's Washington? Can it, just, just, how about next year, Asian gypsy moth? So we first hear about corona from Washington, then murder hornets, now gypsy moths. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Meanwhile, the Almighty is saying, you didn't think I'd introduce the same seven plagues? No, I'm going to switch it up this time. Washington being punished for Starbucks, or what exactly? Among other things. Hmm. Mailbag, coming up in a moment or two. But first, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Oh, my God. They just pulled my braid out through my nostril. (laughs) I am not going to make criminals out of law-abiding citizens that are struggling to make ends meet and put food on the table. Because I'm somebody that thought I could fix this, and I'm starting to think about having to eat my neighbors. Combat model, optimum self-sufficiency, probably the leader. The key to beating COVID isn't dining through glass or never going to a concert or a ball game again. It's your immune system. Pet Judge. Gary Busey, Pet Judge. 
If you had one thing you could go back in time and tell your younger self, what would it be? Yeah, not to run so much. Financial trouble Disney is in. Will you be up here hacking out another one of these? The one I enjoy the most, uh, Conan, <laughs> my friend, is Professor Frank. It's, to me, it's the vocal equivalent of a peanut. I cannot stop once I start. Duffman will blow me out in a second. So when you see that not one, not two, but three doctors who have criticized uh, the coronavirus response in Russia sort of mysteriously fall out of a window, you've got to ask those questions. Is it a series of coincidences or no. something more sinister What play? The pandemic is that the president has no intercourse whatsoever with the rest of the, country, the, uh, the world. Try my name. Try the dog's name. Try the other dog's name. Try my name with a one. Do you see the Wi-Fi symbol? I have no idea if you have an Instagram account. And what the FCC has said is that when the subject matter of the call ranges to the topic. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much sums up our times, doesn't it? <laughs> Three Russian doctors fall out of windows to their deaths after <laughs> criticizing the government. Yes. Could it be, is it a coincidence or something more sinister? I don't know. You tell me, genius. <laughs> when was the last time you knew somebody who plunged out of a window? Wow. That is unbelievable. Oh, boy. Mailbag. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Winston Churchill as we continue on the... Churchillian series. This is literally a freedom-loving quote of the day as representative government and liberty was on the line during World War II. Churchill said, we could probably come up with tape of this if I thought of this two minutes ago, but I didn't because I'm an idiot. <clears> that <throat> Churchill didn't say that. <laughs> Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will say, this was their finest hour. Mm. He's got all sorts of great stuff. You know, I just read one that I'd never heard before as a World War II buff that I loved. He said, I've never accepted what many people have kind, kindly said, namely that I have inspired the nation. It was the nation and the race dwelling all around the globe that had the lion heart. I had the luck to be called upon to give the roar. There you go. That's that pretty is, good. That is some fine crafting of English right there. W. Churchill, if you need him. Uh, moving along to the correspondence proper, uh, here's Dave. Uh, guys, I'm over it. COVID-19 has totally jumped the murder hornet. Yeah, no kidding. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, how about uh, Rob? Oh, on the topic of the SCOTUS flusher. Now, we had uh, a plumber who was married to a woman who was in the hospital recently say that's clearly a hospital toilet. Mm. It was RBG in the hospital getting treated for her bladder thing, and the nurse flushed the toilet. You could hear the nurse's voice in the background. Pretty good theory, but Rob writes, it's a family member of the lawyer talking. Source, my home office is right next to the bathroom in our home, and I have a child. (laughs) So that is possible. Uh, you know, I'm going to skip that one for now. <clears throat> How about, uh, let's see, can we use the name? I don't know why we wouldn't. Amy says, uh, hey, guys, during this crisis, uh, I've been surprised by a whole lot of things, not the least of which is that my husband and I have been sick for a freaking month from the stupid COVID. We've seen neighbors become angry over the use of and then the lack of use of masks. Of all the crazy changes, the most surprising thing has been seeing all the people that I normally see in masks, I can still identify them. My superhero beliefs are shattered. 
I'm supposed to be utterly flummoxed by someone's identity once they cover their nose and mouth. Even loved ones become unrecognizable. I can still identify everyone. How will superheroes hide their identities? Can I get an amen, Sean? That's a pretty good point right there. Please, the, the Superman just put on glasses. He didn't even have a mask. Although yeah. I, th- I think the most identifiable, identifiable part of us apparently is that like area of our eyes, forehead, and nose, because that's what they bar out when they're trying to hide somebody. And it works um, pretty well, works unless pretty... you have a really distinctive, you know, chin or whatever. Something the way we work as human beings, we identify people as that uh, by that eye area and the mask covering the mouth and everything like that. Yeah, because I've I've recognized a couple of people just by their eyes. But I think the reverse, I'm not sure I would have been able to if their eyes were covered like the Lone Ranger, but I could have seen their mouths. Right, right. So Jeff passed along a tweet uh, by Nate Silver, actually commenting on a tweet by another guy who says, Axios does a piece highlighting the growth of in cases outside New York. And just like the New York Times doesn't even mention the fact that at least some of that growth in recent weeks is the result of sharp increase in testing. Just unbelievable. And Nate Silver says... Not providing context on the increase in testing is such a basic error and has been so widespread that it's revealing about the media's goals. It's more interested in telling plausibly true stories or narratives that sound smart to its audience than in accuracy and the truth per se. That's a good blast from Nate Silver. I mean, it's as simple as this. Nate Silver said that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking, uh, yeah, I look out my window, I see zero redheaded people in my neighborhood. Then I go door to door and I find five. There's been an enormous increase in red-haired people. That's not true. Armstrong and Getty. The government has declared them essential. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We need a justice system that everyone has confidence in, whether it's a three-star general or a black jogger in Georgia. We need a justice system we have confidence in. Jim Comey, I got the title for his next book, How My Arrogance Ruined the Reputation of the World's Premier Law Enforcement Agency. That's your next title. It's long, but the book is long. But that's the next book he ought to write. Not one about about honor and integrity, how his own arrogance and hubris wrecked the FBI. We missed you, Trey. We miss you. So a big report came out yesterday, which we'll be uh, dipping Uh, into a little bit throughout throughout the show. I'm sorry, that's Trey Gowdy, for those who don't. Reflexively oh, right. recognize right. every voice right. in the news. Sorry, right, right, right. Sorry. sorry, he was sorry. a congressman from South Carolina since retired. Yes, um, but he but was uh, his he was... tongue has not retired. Apparently, as that was some great speakings. Uh, this from National Review: James Clapper said he never saw direct empirical evidence of Trump Russia collusion in the FBI interview. Former Director of National Intelligence James Clapper, which if you please fo- clap, which if you followed. <laughs> If you followed this whole Russian investigation from the Trump hating channels, he was on MSNBC all the time. In fact, he ended up being a paid regular contributor. He was one of the pundits on the show and went with the uh, Trump is in the pocket of Russia and, and cheated with the help of Vladimir Putin to become president. He went with that angle clear up until the very end when you no longer could justify it on right. MSNBC, despite some of the stuff you're about to hear. Former director of national intelligence, James Clapper, in 2018 said that he hadn't seen evidence that the Trump presidential campaign colluded with Russia to win the 2016 general election. Clapper was responding to a question from then-Representative Tom Rooney, 
a uh, Florida representative during an interview before the House Intelligence Committee. This stuff all came out yesterday. This was all um, uh, a secret. So well, this is new information. And this is before his two-year career on MSNBC? Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, I never saw any direct empirical evidence that the Trump campaign or someone in it was plotting or conspiring with the Russians to meddle with the election. Really? Wow. I wish you'd have said that on Morning Joe. That's would've, a very simple and unequivocal statement. And we would have found it helpful there, Jimmy. Would have saved everybody a lot of time. Unreal. Um, he is a congenital liar, and he will be uh, continue to be toasted and interviewed and used as a as a commentator probably for the rest of his life. A little more from the Wall Street Journal. Their editorial board has got a piece called "The Vindication of Michael Flynn." I wish I wish that wasn't the headline. I don't like making this about Michael Flynn, <clears throat> even though there's plenty there to uh, talk about. But uh, it allows the Trump hating media to make it all about Trump and Flynn and that sort of stuff. When it's right. it's really about the various intelligence gathering arms of our government and and and, and police arms like the FBI running amok rather than it is about General Flynn. But anyway, I'll read just a little bit about it. The Justice Department dropped its case against Michael Flynn on Thursday, quote, with prejudice. What does that mean? Uh, That means... We uh, extra mean it. Well, no, just for reasons. We're doing this because it is justified as opposed to we've lost interest or it's a cold case or whatever. We are affirmatively saying this ain't happening anymore. Gotcha. That's that's a poor description, but you get the idea. Uh, in a legal filing that should echo far beyond this tragedy of justice delayed, the latest evidence further undermines... Oh, and the... I also think it means that we will not be renewing it. Oh, okay. Sorry, go ahead. The latest evidence further undermines the credibility of James Comey's FBI, Special Counsel Robert Mueller, and the entire Russia collusion investigation. The documents filed on Thursday in federal federal court vindicate the general's reversal... Flynn is, uh, they've, they've, they've stopped investigating Flynn. They've ended that. Justice said the FBI's interview with Mr. Flynn was, quote, untethered to and unjustified by the FBI's counterintelligence investigation into Mr. Flynn, and that the interview was not conducted with a legitimate investigative basis. The Wall Street Journal says, we recommend the filing for readers who think this couldn't happen in America. They suggest you read it over so you have an idea of what, actually can happen in the United States of America, apparently, if people have a political agenda. The filing recounts how the FBI had concluded in late 2016, that's a long time ago, that there was no evidence that Mr. Flynn had colluded with Russia, but the FBI kept the investigation open after it received a transcript of Mr. Flynn's conversation with the Russian ambassador to the U.S. Mr. Comey and his loyalists then set up Mr. Flynn in an interview despite having no legal basis. The documents show that Mr. Comey told his deputies not to inform the White House general counsel of the visit and not to tell the White House about his conversation with the ambassador. They also show that Mr. Comey worked around the attorney general who thought that the White House should be informed, and he, as he did with the attorney general under Obama on Hillary Clinton's emails. Mr. Comey acted as if he was the law unto himself. Wow. And don't forget that he called up Flynn personally, didn't he, and said... Hey, look, we just need some information on this. Can we come? You're, you're probably the best guy to talk to. And so we were just going to stop by and, and just ostensibly as a friendly chat to help out the FBI. And then, and you know, I've seen various headlines and editorials. Why did Flynn lie if he's innocent? Blah, blah, blah. If, if the FBI asks you, especially in a casual setting where you don't understand that, that they're, you know, going to, 
take notes of this and try to to bust you and, and ruin you with it. If they ask you enough questions about enough things repeatedly enough, you will be inaccurate at some point and or, you know, misremember or whatever. Or maybe you're not proud of what you did and you think, well, I'm not telling them that. And you will be guilty of a felony. So uh, I guarantee everybody listening right now, I could frame them up in that way. You give me two hours for research. I will get you to say something untrue. Uh, and Adam Schiff had been holding on to this. 43 transcripts had been reviewed and redacted by the various intelligence agencies as of June of last year. But Adam Schiff had refused to release the completed transcripts to the public. I can see why, because they're pretty Jeez. damaging. Yes. Um, but they're all they're all out now. Uh, so two administrations in a row with two different attorney generals, James Comey, because he feels like and he honestly feels this way. Man, there's a bunch of bad actors in government, and only I am honest enough and and nonpartisan enough to 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 handle this. So I'm going to go around all the guidelines that we have in the FBI and everything that is normal in a White House, and I'm going to do it on my own to the benefit of the nation and screwed Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. I wonder if he actually has a white horse he rides around on in a suit of armor. Hey, you want the punchline to this? Sure. We were talking earlier this week about the the just inexcusable Pulitzer Prize given to the uh, 1419 Project or 1632 Project or whatever it is. 1619, the idea being <laughs> that the real founding of our country had its uh, anniversary last year because that's when the first slave came to America, and that's what the founding of the United States is. That's a load of crap. Anyway, it got the Pulitzer Prize. Jack, do you happen to remember? What the 2018 Pulitzer Prize for National Reporting went to? It went to, and I quote, staffs of the New York Times and Washington Post for reporting that dramatically furthered the nation's understanding of Russian interference in the 2016 election and its connections to the Trump campaign. It goes on to describe the winning journalism as deeply sourced and relentlessly reported. So Comey and Clapper... And, and McCabe and all those guys and their leaks to the New York Times and the Washington Post about collusion that never happened won the Pulitzer Prize for 2018. Beautiful. I'm guessing the Wall Street Journal editorial board will not win a Pulitzer Prize for saying the following things. The lack of legal predicate for the interview with Michael Flynn was exculpatory uh, in these documents. And I'll skip down here. Mr. Mueller's reputation also stands self-besmirched. And the entire Russian collusion probe looks even more illegitimate and political. I like the term self-besmirched. Yes. I've been self-besmirched myself many, many times. Oh, yeah. Um, bah, 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 bah. All, all this came to light after Attorney General Bill Barr assigned another U.S. attorney, Jeffrey Jensen, to look at the Flynn case anew. The partisan press will portray this as a political decision done to please Mr. Trump. But Mr. Jensen is a longtime veteran of justice and the FBI. He is not someone who would seek to damage those institutions for political purposes. If anything you're hearing about Bill Barr, you have to remember that it was U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Jensen that is behind this report right. and it coming out. And well, I, if you want to call him a bad guy, go ahead. But he's the, he's the one behind the report. Right. And if uh, MSNBC and the Times and the Post and and James Clapper and Adam Schiff are willing to claim for years that, oh, I've seen the evidence. It is it is terrible. It's classified, but it is clear evidence. I mean, if they're willing to say that for two years, knowing 
that there's no evidence. Well, then, yes, the great uh, mainstream media of the country is more than willing to claim this is just Barr trying to please Trump. I mean, that's a tiny little lie compared to the lies they've been heaving our way for the last several years. Yeah, so if you're just kind of taking it in through the drive-by media, as Rush Limbaugh calls them, uh, you will hear a lot about Bill Barr, the attorney general, being such an awful attorney general in the pocket of Trump and blah, blah, blah. But it is this Jeffrey Jensen guy that you got to go after if you think... Something bad is happening here. And again, he's a longtime veteran of the Justice Department and FBI through multiple administrations. And he said, and I quote from yesterday, through the course of my review of General Flynn's case, I concluded the proper and just course was to dismiss the case. I briefed Attorney General Barr on my findings, advised him on these conclusions, and he agreed. So this Jensen guy is uh, is is your man if you're going to try to claim anybody's in the pocket of Trump. And I think it's going to be difficult as he's been there for a very long time. Yeah, it's, but it'll be repeated enough by enough outlets that 60% of America will believe it. Which is one of the more discouraging aspects of, you know, observing the world going by. The, uh, you know, the lie is repeated enough and, and people believe it and will for the rest of their days. Yeah, we got a lot more on this later. We've also got uh, Tara Reid, the accuser in the Joe Biden sex scandal, sat down with Megyn Kelly. Um, probably because Megyn Kelly's kind of the face to a certain extent of Me Too because she went after Fox and Bill O'Reilly and stuff. Is that is that's got to yeah. be the tie-in, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why she went with Megyn Kelly. What's Megyn Kelly doing right now? She's got her own like web show called MK. I'm- okay. Yeah, I, it, it's not on a channel, is it? No, it's on this. I, I was about to say I think it's on the the Fox News streaming service, but that can't. Oh, be that's right. right. No, that could be. You think she's attached to Fox after? Well, yeah. Roger Ailes is gone. That's true. I'll anyway, find out where she. I'll, I'll do some digging. Anyway, uh, there's lots. Megan. Megan. Then you got to tell us about. So there's something worse than murder, murder hornets there. Ah, uh, the Asian moths. Yeah. Asian moths. Okay. Wow. Wow. I, I needed I, a new thing to be afraid of this weekend. I get it. Uh, I get it. Almighty God, too much sodomy or something. We'll, <laughs> we'll stop. Please quit with the plagues. We'll try to do better. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, we should be designing our economic response to avoid these desperate outcomes so the funds can actually reach people in communities and small businesses, you know, that, that they're supposed to be helping. <laughs> so that's a little from Biden's town hall in which some screeching bird is louder than his voice. We've got clips throughout the the, the show that we'll play for you, including one where there's a duck louder than his voice. Exactly. Waterfowl trying to shout him down. I only took in some highlights of this uh, town hall thing he was doing, but it's as if a Trump mole got into their tech team. <laughs> And was doing everything funny or damaging they could come up with. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But no, this was them doing their best. Oh, play the bird sound. Play, no, louder. Play really loud. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, more on that later. Well, um, yeah, like a Trump mole was directing the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, because the way it starts is so bad. 
So floundering. We'll play that for you again if you're just tuning in. I didn't want to hit you with anything serious, but this just came out. The unemployment report just released. 20 million Americans lost their job in April. A staggering number by any stretch of the imagination compared to any period in American history. Uh, The unemployment rate is now at 14.7%. Highest. (laughs) That is, ladies and gentlemen, the highest since the Great Depression when it reached 25%. Most people think we will get to that number. I don't know. Yeah. I hope not. But Wow, the highest unemployment number since the Great Depression. Hey, by the way, if you get the next uh, hour of the show, um, and if you don't, you can always get it via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. We're going to uh, chat with a, uh, a county um, a supervisor talking about uh, his county, which happens to be an extremely low-case county. And uh, he'll be talking about the economic damage done by the shutdown and how it's gotten completely out of control and has kind of built its own momentum. You have governors declaring states of emergency and and choking the economy uh, when there is no emergency in a lot of places. So stay tuned for that. You might find it gratifying. I would really like this email from uh, Jake in Charlottesville, Charlottesville, Virginia. Been seeing the debate out there about how to handle the resumption of studies at universities around the country. Should they go ahead and cancel the fall semester? Should everyone take a gap year amidst this historic economic downturn, leave the universities closed for the entire year? I propose a slightly different solution, one which parallels the situation faced by our nation's businesses. If a major is deemed essential, such as engineering or pre-med, those students may resume their studies immediately. However, if your major is deemed non-essential, such as gender studies, you will be forced to sit around and wait whilst continuing to take on debt that will ruin you financially. It is, after all, for the greater good. Your sacrifice is greatly appreciated in this difficult time. You are truly heroes. Declaring majors essential or non-essential. Jake, that is some damn fine sarcasm. Well, Well played, my friend. Oh, and on the topic of never letting a crisis go to waste... The uh, the lefty lunatics of Seattle have decided this is the time to launch the revolution. And you think I'm kidding. Listen to these two things. Uh, one was uh, brought to us by Al Anonymous, who is uh, he works in real estate in Seattle. And he's talking about the existing moratorium on evictions through June the 4th for virtually any reason. Uh, well, the city council the other day, in essence, extended that moratorium an additional six months so after the June 4th, you can request an eviction for non-payment of rent, but now a declaration of financial hardship is defense enough to prevent eviction. Um, oh, wait, there's more, writes Al. When the first moratorium passed, there was no restriction on the number of units, so if you own a, a duplex, for instance, as a personal investment, guess what? You can't evict either. The small-time owners begged for an exemption for those with less than four units and, and have been told emphatically no by the council. Um, but then, let me skip ahead a little bit. Uh, so, though the extension passed today is only six months, in February the city council passed an eviction ban. You can't evict anybody in the wintertime, November through March each year. So this eviction moratorium will expire in December, but you, because of the winter, this is a full year of you don't have to pay rent in Seattle and property owners be damned. I can't wait to see what this does to the rental and property it, it, market. It, well, right. And is anybody talking about a bailout or helping out the property owner? 
because there's no way you can hold on to that duplex if the renters aren't paying the rent. Right. Most likely. Right. I mean, most people rely on the rent to make the uh, at least a part of that bank payment. Yeah. These socialists who demonize people who provide jobs, employers. I mean, if you're an employer, you are assumed to be evil by the, the AOC crowd, the socialists. And people who provide housing are assumed to be evil people for providing a critical need. It's really quite illogical. And the second Seattle story I wanted to bring to you is they have announced now that the 20 miles of Seattle streets that had been closed temporarily to aid social distancing during the coronavirus pandemic, those 20 miles of streets will permanently close to most vehicle traffic by the end of May. Really? So To they continue the off. great experiment into bike riding and riding unicorns to work. They pulled off closing the roads permanently, used this opportunity, didn't let a crisis go to waste, and got the roads closed. Yep. Wow. Yep. Isn't that something? It is. To bring on their, their utopia. Well, just like Beijing, people ride uh, bikes there all the time, Jack. Going to reduce our carbon footprint, huh? Well, I tell you what, these people will govern themselves right out of governing. Although, you know, they'll do their best to make their their status permanent if they can figure out a way to do that. But that's unbelievable. Sorry about that, uh, Seattle area. So uh, you tell us, do you think Tara Reid sounds like a whack job? Talking about Joe Biden and the sexual stuff with Megyn Kelly yesterday. We'll play that for you next hour. Armstrong and Getty.